Welcome to the Pulse Podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. This podcast series expands on notable articles originally published at APTA's Pulse blog for PT and PTA students so they can reach a wider audience. If you've ever met Cruz Ramiro, these are the words you might use to describe him. Charming, outgoing, kind, passionate, engaging, and confident. That's the Cruz Ramiro I saw when I met him in 2016 when he was a second year PT student at Northern Arizona University. And that's the Cruz Ramiro I continued to see when he served on APTA's Student Assembly Board of Directors as a third year student. But what I couldn't see was how Cruz was feeling as he went through PT school, anxious, inadequate, and full of self-doubt. That combination of emotions was new for Cruz, and eventually he learned there was a name for it. Cruz was suffering from imposter syndrome. That discovery inspired Cruz to develop coping skills that he continues to use today as a clinician working with high-level athletes. It also inspired him to share his story because he wants other students and clinicians experiencing imposter syndrome to know they aren't alone. Here's our conversation with Cruz. Okay, Cruz, let's start by having you define imposter syndrome for our listeners. Sounds great. Uh, first off, thank you, Amelia, for inviting me. Uh, this is a this is a really special topic uh, for me. I uh, I've dealt with this for for a long time, and uh, to be honest, I I think I continue to deal with it, not not as aggressively as as before. I wrote imposter syndrome um, to describe my experience during physical therapy school and even through throughout my life. Uh, and after I wrote it. There were a ton of different students that started reaching out to me, started commenting uh, directly on the APTA website, on the blog, on the Pulse blog. And uh, it was just this overwhelming sense of uh, community, and, and, and I felt uh, supported. And I think other people felt uh, supported in, in, in that experience. So uh, it's really, really special to me and something that I love to talk about. Uh, imposter syndrome. So... Imposter syndrome is essentially holding yourself to an unreasonably high standard um, and having this fear that you may be exposed or or found out for for being a fraud, um, not being smart enough or not being talented enough, being in a role um, or being in a, in a position, um, whether at school or in a job or in a leadership position, and you feel like um, you do not belong there. Um, that is imposter syndrome. So tell me why you think this is such a phenomenon in PT school. I mean, I remember when we originally posted your article in January 2017, you got a ton of feedback almost immediately, and you've continued to get feedback, uh, whether it's students or clinicians, those who had experienced imposter syndrome, those who are currently experiencing it. So tell us a little bit about that. For uh, for physical therapy school, I think um, it's not just, obviously, it's not just uh, confined to physical therapy school, right? I, I think it's very common in any high-achieving uh, uh, field. Um, graduate students especially uh, uh, suffer from imposter syndrome at pretty high rates. Um, and my theory, there's a lot out there, but uh, my theory is that people that go to graduate school, uh, for example, physical therapy school, 
uh, are very high achievers. They're perfectionists. They want to do a really good job. Um, so much of our life, uh, probably about a third to maybe a half of my life, I, I knew that I wanted to be a physical therapist. I knew what I was working towards. Um, I went to college saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is my career path. And in college, you are so, so focused on getting good grades, on doing a really good job, on participating in extracurricular activities, anything that will help you set yourself apart from other applicants is what you're trying to do. You're trying to make yourself the best person possible, and you obsess about it. You, you, you literally are thinking about that all the time, every single test that comes up during your undergraduate program. You are, I need to get an A. I need to get an A. And obviously, there's more more than than just that traditional path to get into physical therapy school. But a a good solid GPA um, is very helpful. And that good solid GPA, I say, it's relative to each program, right? But in general, you students want to do a really good job, right? So then, when you get into physical therapy school, um, all that goes away. Quite honestly, I don't know of any programs in the U.S. There may be, but I don't know of any of them that are ranked, uh, meaning you are ranked academically between you and your classmates. So especially that was especially true in my program. So what happens is you just basically are, are not worried about that anymore. But what happens is you still have that mentality, right? You still want to do a really good job. You still want to get A's, but you don't need to. That's the funny thing. So then you get there, you're around all these incredible people, these very, very smart, motivated people, and the instructors can see that, and they want to push every little ounce of that out of you. They want to squeeze all that out of you, not in a bad way. They want to bring it out of you, right? They want to push you. They want to make you better. And so um, everyone is feeling that way. And I think being around those people made me uh, feel like an imposter. It made me feel like I wasn't deserving of being in physical therapy school. Um, yeah, I think that is probably the main reason why people feel like that. That's especially true of uh, a lot of people that I know. So. You talked briefly in your article about the moment you realized you were experiencing imposter syndrome. Tell us that story, and if you don't mind, telling us a little bit about how you were feeling and what you were thinking at that time. Yeah. Oh, man, this is a really special story. So I had experienced imposter syndrome for the first time. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say pretty, pretty hard. Before that, I, I just chalked it up to, hey, I'm being a perfectionist. I just want to do a good job, um, but I wasn't really challenged uh, like like I have been since. The, uh, the first time I had really been challenged like that and imposter syndrome came on really hard was in the first time in physical therapy school, my first year, right? It happened again uh, during clinicals. We finished our entire academic program and then went out onto clinicals, and that transition point was... That was, that was rough. 
for whatever reason, I had all of the knowledge, right? I just couldn't put it all together. And I had amazing CIs, but for whatever reason, and it was it was my fault, honestly. I, I look back on it now and I feel that way, is I just wasn't in a position where I was ready for feedback like that. Uh, let me give you an example. So my first clinical rotation was at an acute care hospital. And while I really, really enjoyed the experience, I now know that acute care isn't for me, right? And I went to that site, and I just, I just don't think I was mentally prepared for what was going to happen there. It was a level one trauma center, meaning the the thickest of the sick, the, the people that are hurt the most go to that place. And you are literally working with those people on their very worst day, like the worst days of your life. Those are the people that you're working with at a level one trauma center. Um, and I just emotionally was not ready for that. Uh, I had the knowledge. I, I knew what I had to do. I just couldn't put it together, right, in those moments where I was interacting with someone on their first day. And I got a lot of feedback from my clinical instructor. And every single time, for whatever reason, every single time I got that feedback, um, it was like a big, you suck. Even though it didn't come off that way, it wasn't communicated that way, but that's the way that I took it, you know. And I would go home, I would reflect on it, and I would try, try, try my best to change it. And then I would come back, and I would probably get the same feedback over and over again for maybe like a week or a couple weeks until I finally fixed it and was able to do better. By the end, I was exactly where I needed to be. By the end of that clinical, I was exactly where I needed to be. But I felt like, I felt like, man, I, I was just so, so behind. It didn't happen as much on my uh, final two rotations, but during my third year was when I became the director of communications for the student assembly. Afterwards, during the transition day where you sit with your um, counterpart or the person that preceded you as director of communications, her name was uh, Alexis Morgan, and so I was, I felt so far behind. Uh, I, I just felt completely overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know anything about the APTA. And, uh, and that's when imposter syndrome hit again, really, really, really hard. And I just remember talking to her about it. And she said, she's like, Cruz, this sounds like imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard about it? And I said, no, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, "You should really take some time to to go and check it out. It really sounds like the words that you're communicating, the way you're verbalizing everything that you're talking about. Like you're you're doing an amazing job, um, but you're the only one that thinks that you're not. And man, like it was it was such a profound moment in my life. Um, I don't know if she remembers that conversation. I hope she listens to the to the podcast because." She changed my life in that moment. Like, she helped me so, so much. Yeah, cannot thank her enough for that. Um, and in those moments, I had the support of everyone. I had everyone's support, just like during my clinical rotations. My CIs were amazing. They supported me. It was me. I was the one that was doing that to myself. I felt like a failure, a fraud, like someone else would have done a better job than I did even though I completely deserve to be in that role. And now for a quick break. 
Whether you're mapping out your long-term financial strategy or want to explore student loan refinancing, APTA's Financial Solutions Center is there to help. APTA is committed to providing helpful tools and information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Learn more at APTA.org slash financial solutions. Now let's return to the show. Wow, that's so powerful. And just listening to that and knowing you, I mean, I know Alexis is right and I know your CIs are right and you're smart and you're qualified and you're willing to learn and grow and you're knowledgeable and the whole time you're doubting yourself. And I mean, look, you get into PT school because you are a good candidate and you're qualified and you've worked hard and you're a part of APTA leadership and you excel at it. So for you personally, where does imposter syndrome stem from? That's a really good question. Like we mentioned earlier, just trying to do a good job all the time, right? So when I was in physical therapy school, when I was confronted um, and challenged with not being the smartest guy in the room, um, not being the best anymore. So at first, I got this, like, overwhelming sense of, like, disappointment in myself, right? I, I felt, like, completely shut down. I didn't really want to, to do much. And then, and then you kind of get this, like, internal battle, like, no, you're, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna do this to yourself. You know, you're better than this. You can do better. Uh, I, that, that hit me pretty hard at first. This was, like, in the first month of school. Like, there, there's a, there's a pretty steep, steep slope of workload, right? Immediately you start and you just have to hit the ground running. So, if you're not prepared, um, not necessarily even totally from a knowledge standpoint, because in, in school they, they teach you everything you need to know, but just the sheer volume, the workload is so immense, you feel like you just, you just have to keep up, right? You, you have to do it. So, yeah, at first I felt like I just wanted to shut down. I just couldn't take it, right? And then everyone is there. Everyone's supporting each other. Everyone in your class is really supportive and, and wanting you to do a good job because everyone's in the same boat. And, and what's really cool about school is, you know, that, that competition kind of goes away. So everyone's really helping each other along. Everyone's wanting to do study groups and creating uh, Google Word docs uh, or Google docs to, you know, create study guides and, you know, people are creating flashcards, uh, virtual flashcards, Quizlets to, to help each other out. And so, like, imposter syndrome is all self-inflicted. You know, it's all self-inflicted. And so those moments where I was like, all my classmates seemed to have everything together, um, and I was drawn, I had never, ever experienced that before. You know, never experienced that. And... I'm sure everyone gets to that point in their life, right? But that was the first time it hit me. Yeah, and, and really, honestly, you just you just want to do a good job, right? So I really feel like that's where it stems from. But there's definitely, like, that sense of uh, insecurity, right, when it hit. I was like, wow, this, this has never happened before, right? So I had just never been challenged like that, so I didn't have coping strategies to deal with that, you know? I didn't know what to do in those moments. So that was a, that was a struggle. Um, undergraduate program, high school and your undergraduate program is like that basic stuff. That's like, it's, it's the, the basic foundational level, right? And then you go into physical therapy school and now you're trying to be 
like something greater. You're trying to be something better. And it, it's, it like literally like smacks you in the face. You're, you're just not, I don't think, I don't know if any of my classmates, I mean, I, I could ask, I don't want to speak like out of turn, just speak for them. I don't know if anyone was really like ready for that. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, then there's like another transitional step to being a clinician, right? You're just not ready for it until you actually start doing it. There's just no way to like mentally and physically prepare yourself for that. So when you get into physical therapy school, everyone is cream of the crop. There's no one there that doesn't belong, you know? Exactly. Look, everyone got into PT school for a reason. And let's be honest, you wouldn't even be a candidate for PT school if you weren't qualified and deserving in the tons of ways that you need to be to enter this profession. Okay, let's speak to the students or clinicians who have maybe yet to experience imposter syndrome or are in the midst of it. How would you advise them on how to cope or manage imposter syndrome? Yes, absolutely. It's really, really difficult to to deal with, right? But even those pre-PT students and those of you that are in physical therapy school, just know that you are, are not alone in this experience. That's one very interesting thing about imposter syndrome. If you want to go and look up more about it is you, you literally think you're alone. You think that you're the only one feeling this way. And, um, and it's all like, again, I said, it's all self-inflicted. Everyone around you, uh, is supporting you, right? You're, you're doing a good job. You're doing enough. But you are the one that feels like you're not doing enough. So the first thing to do is to recognize that, to recognize the imposter's mindset. Um, and I, I personally do that. So I've dealt with imposter syndrome probably a couple more times than director of communications. So the way I do it, and I, I, I still to this day, I write down these moments in my life where I'm really uncomfortable. And then I go back and I reflect on those moments. Um, and then the next step is like say, hey, you're, you're not perfect. And, you know, you're, there's another day, right? You can be better next time. And uh, that's what learning is, right? You're just learning through experience. Um, uh, one thing that I also do is I create SMART goals. Uh, so SMART stands for um, specific, measurable, uh, agreed upon by everyone, realistic, and time-based. And to this day, I still write down my goals. Um, and I use this format. I write down uh, and update my goals, I probably say, like, quarterly. The one important thing with that is when you're writing these goals, they should make you like really, really uncomfortable. You should get almost like a visceral reaction to it. Just that way you know that you're growing. Like that imposter syndrome is coming back again, right? When you're writing down those goals, like, man, I could never do that. But the important thing is once you write down those really long-term goals is you should break it down into into steps. So maybe like this goal is going to take you 18 months, right? Then, okay, where do I need to be in a year if I'm going to accomplish that in 18 months? Where do I need to be in six months? Where do I need to be in three months? Where do I need to be in a month? And, and, and as I get closer, you know, six months, a year, 
uh, getting really close to that goal, um, I feel I feel less like anxiety towards it because I've been making these little uh, these little strides, these little steps towards it. And the the last thing is you have to accept yourself. I have been really guilty in the past of comparing myself to other people. Right, it's just the competitive nature in me, wanting to wanting to be better, wanting to do a good job, rising to the uh, to the level of my peers. Um, but you have to avoid comparing your perceived weaknesses to what your perception of someone else's strength is. Let's say someone is really, really, really good at anatomy, anatomy and physiology, and that's just not that's just not your strength, like. As much as you try to memorize and learn all the different pathways, all the different muscles, all the origins and insertions, if that's just not your strength, that's okay. I may have not been the best student academically, but personally, connecting with people on a personal level, getting to know them really, really well was was like their strength. And man, they are so good at that. And when you're a physical therapist, all of that matters. The knowledge matters, the psychomotor skills, what you actually do with your hands or actual movement, being able to demonstrate things, and then your communication, your professionalism, all those have to be, you know, on point because they're all working together at the same time to meet the patient where they're at and give them exactly what they need. You just have to play to your strengths and understand what your weaknesses are those things all together, self-reflection, acknowledging imperfection, creating smart goals, accepting yourself, and adopting a growth mindset, all of those things can really, really, really help. Uh, they've helped in my experiences. This is like my formula for when I'm really dealing with that, when I'm really uncomfortable, when I'm really doubting myself, uh, this is what I come back to, to recenter myself. And now for a quick break. From discounts to exclusive content, APTA offers more membership benefits than ever before. But you can't take advantage of all these benefits if you don't know what's available. So visit APTA.org benefits and start maximizing your membership today. Now let's return to the show. Let's shift a little bit. Now you're on the, quote, other side. You're a clinician, you're super successful, and you're working with high-level athletes, and you're even a CI. So talk about imposter syndrome with your new insight and perspective that you didn't have when you wrote this article in 2017. Oh, man. Okay, so I was going to say so that, that those are my next two moments of imposter syndrome in my life. So imposter syndrome is going to hit really hard. Just I, I think in general, this is my experience, it hit really, hits really, really hard during transition points in your life. When you've got a routine down, and you feel really comfortable, I don't think it's it's really as intense because you got it down. You know, you, you understand what you need to do, and you're just grinding it out. You're just getting it done, right? But when you hit those moments and you're uncomfortable, you're outside of your circle of comfort, that's when it comes in. That's when it hurt, you know, hurts the most. So, all right, story time. Next time in my life, right after director communications, was when I became a physical therapist. So my, my last uh, clinical rotation was at Exos. Uh, it's where I work now. And I had an amazing mentor. Um, he's still my mentor to this day. His name's Jesse Ellis. He, 
he gave me that opportunity. Obviously, like, I did a lot to earn it, right? But but he, he saw something in me. He saw that I could do a really good job. And so pretty much right out of my clinical rotation, uh, he finally decided to bring me onto the team. And soon after, like, I'm talking soon after, it was probably a week or two, I, I, I kind of had this perception, like, man, this is going to be amazing. Um, I'm going to be working with my mentor. I'm going to be working at, you know, the, the best, this is just my thought, the best facility in the United States. Like, just the, the most amazing place, the most amazing situation. Everything was ideal. Jesse told me that he got a new position to work with the Portland Trailblazers. And my world was just crushed. Not, 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 I wouldn't say unrealistic expectation, but I had this really high expectation of what was going to come next. I was going to work with my mentor in the best setting, the most ideal situation, exactly everything that I wanted. And, um, and then that was, that was just uh, taken away. Uh, obviously, an amazing situation for him. I, like, wished him all the best, and to this day, he's doing an incredible job out there. So when he left, though, my first day as a full-time clinician, first day, I took on his caseload. I was seeing highly, highly complex patients. Um, I was seeing professional athletes that had uh, really intense timelines, meaning they, they had to get better in a certain amount of time. I wouldn't say that, like, I I was, like, perfectly ready for that, but I, I just did what I had to do, right? I just made it happen. Imposter syndrome hit really hard again, and, and yeah, I just kind of did the same thing. Luckily, I kind of had my formula. It's like um, every single time I'm encountered with imposter syndrome, I figure out a way to find out why I'm uncomfortable, create those goals, say imperfection is like understandable, right? Everyone's going to have it. Figure out what my strengths are and then and then have that growth mindset and then just get it done. I just make it happen, right? Do whatever I need to do to get myself through that season in my life. Uh and then I'm better for it on the other end. Okay, here we go. If you could talk to PT student Cruz who is experiencing imposter syndrome full on, what would you say to him now? Oh man. I've been I've been fascinated recently with how to have better mental resilience. This is me actually in my life right now currently. Some of the things that I've learned so far is using positive self-talk even even in those moments where uh you feel like you're not enough, just talk to yourself. Talk to yourself and say good things about you. Uh, even in the moments where I'm like, you can't. And even in my head, I'm saying, no, you suck. You can't do it. I'll, I'm outwardly saying you can do it. It's just rewiring your brain. Um, the other thing is breathe. Just, just, just breathe. Just try and relax. Focus on your breathing. And, like, you will get through it. Um, and then, you know, if I didn't know it yet, I would teach myself the formula to get through imposter syndrome. Oh, so that reminds me of something I saw recently. There's this accomplishments board at the gym where every month it's updated and someone wrote a quote this month. And I'm not going to try to recite it because I'll butcher it. 
but the gist was you're never going to feel great or confident or fresh 100% of the time. But all you can do is take a breath, keep your head down, and move forward. That's so true. They just reminded me of this. Like, so if you break up, like, really, really intense tasks into small, small little pieces, it makes it so much easier. Like, it's just almost like a training analogy, right? Um, when I want to stop, I just say, like, just just do two more. Just do one more. You know, just just go for 30 more seconds. And and that, I think, is a great analogy for physical therapy school. When, when you are, like, at your max, um, just, like, just study for 30 more minutes, you, you just, just like five more minutes, right? And hey, if you need to step away, that's fine. Like just take a break, take 30 minutes for yourself and then get back to it. Yeah. Don't, don't try to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here for five hours. No, <laughs> that's going to, that's going to destroy your morale. You know, just say, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get this one page finished. And then, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to do this one more time until, you know, until, you, until you're finished. Such a good tip. Just take a breath and just keep working. You're not going to be 100%. Last question. For our listeners, what's the thing you want to be the take-home? The one thing that I want people to take home from this is imposter syndrome is very common. Um, you're not alone. You know, when we finish the piece and we put it out, the blog on imposter syndrome, so many people reached out, not only like on the actual Pulse blog as a comment there, but on social media, uh, like to my personal cell phone. So many, like even people in my class that were in my class, they're like, I had no idea. I had no idea you felt that way. Um people that I knew from other physical therapy schools that were thinking of dropping out. Like, people were saying, I'm done. This is it. And, oh, man, the, the coolest thing is uh, one person that I talked to at that time just recently graduated from DPT school. And that was so special to see that on, uh, on social media. So, yeah, like, it, it is uh, it's something that, that you can overcome. It's self-inflicted. Um, there are ways to get over it, and you are not alone. Cruz, thank you so, so much, and you are beyond awesome. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's such a common experience that I, I really do hope, you know, people do get a lot, of, a lot out of it. Yeah, if anyone, uh, if anyone needs to, to reach out or has questions about my personal experience, feel free. To read Cruz's original blog post, My Biggest Challenge in Physical Therapy School, Imposter Syndrome, visit the Pulse blog at APTA.org. You can connect with Cruz via Twitter or email, both of which are on our website. APTA podcasts like this one are available on iTunes and Google Play, or visit APTA.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.